Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. .thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We're going to continue uh, examining Psalm 133 today. Psalm 133, and um, so I'm going to read the 133rd Psalm in its entirety, and we're also going to look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going to read that now. We'll get to that when we get to it, but uh, we're going to look at harmony Again, Psalm 133, verses 1, 2, and 3, the entire psalm. Here's what it says in the New Living Translation. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters, if I may throw that in, live together in harmony. King James Version puts it as unity. For harmony, unity, is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion and there the Lord has pronounced his blessing even life everlasting. Amen. Amen. We solicit your prayers. I solicit your prayers every day. Every day and every time I stand to proclaim the word of God. Prayers are needed. But I really need your prayers today. I'm just, I I just need God more today. I think I sense that I need him more today than normally. But uh, we want to try and talk today from the thought, harmony in the key of prayer. Harmony in the key of prayer. Amen. There are only a few things we could list that could benefit everyone. Everyone. There are a few things you could put on a list that could benefit everyone, regardless of culture, regardless of era, gender, socioeconomic status, There are only a few things I believe you can put on a list that could bless, benefit, add value to everyone. You would think sunlight would be good for everyone. You would think that sunlight would be on that list. For sunlight is an excellent source of vitamin D, which helps boost our immune system. It's a great way to ward off the Rona. In fact, if you want to ward off Rona, get some sunlight. Get some sunlight. Great uh, way to ward off sickness and disease. But also, exposure to sunlight is thought to increase the brain's release of a hormone called serotonin. Serotonin is associated with boosting mood and helping a person feel calm and focused. But some people are allergic to sunlight. They have a rare condition called polymorphic light eruption or sun poisoning. Oxygen, though, oxygen is good for everyone. Most people will die after around five minutes without oxygen. Food, if we wanted to list things that's good for everyone, regardless of culture, era, gender, socioeconomic status, we'd have to put food on that list. Food is good for everyone. Most people will die after around 40 days without food. Water, water is good for everyone. Water, water is so good that most people will die after around three or four days without water. So those of you who hate water, somehow, some way, fix that water up so you can drink it because everyone needs, benefits from, is blessed by water. Love is good for everyone. Love is good for everyone. Most people who live without it may actually be the walking dead. 
The list could go on. Not a whole lot of stuff we could add to it, but hope. We could add hope to that list. Hope is good for everyone. Faith is good for everyone. Music is good for everyone. Music, uh, music is good. I believe one of the most powerful forces in the earth uh, to, to, to bring about movements or to propel movements is music. Music. Wisdom is good for everyone. We know how destructive foolishness can be. Uh, wisdom is good for everyone. Uh, some of us will probably say that old time religion is good for everyone. It was good for Paul and Silas and it's good enough for me. When David spoke of the unity or harmony of the brethren being good, pleasant, precious, and refreshing, I'm wondering, was he speaking on behalf of all the brethren? Would all of the older saints agree with him? Would any of them feel as though the brethren have pushed them aside? Would any of the younger saints find the brethren boring and out of touch with their world? Would all single moms agree that dwelling with the brethren was good? Would all of the young adults trying to get this adulting thing down pat, would they agree with David? How about the polished, sophisticated, affluent saints and those impoverished? Uh, would they agree that dwelling within the same brethren the fellowship was beneficial? Was David speaking on behalf of all the brethren or was he simply providing his take on what it means to him or what it meant to him personally? The reason I ask is because when it comes to the people of God, it can be very, very easy to disagree on what may be beneficial to all of us. Making the fellowship good, harmonious, and beneficial for everyone can be very, very difficult. Some can disagree over what type of music would be good for Sunday worship experiences. Is it good for the deacons to do devotion? Are singing hymns good to everyone? Does everyone benefit from singing praise and worship? Years ago, I had a conversation with a pastor who expressed his strong dislike of praise, of singing praise and worship songs where, where the lyrics are on a screen up against the wall. He, he had a strong leaning towards singing hymns from a book he could hold in his hands. Uh, is, is it good to have the pipe organ or Hammond or, or just a piano? Uh, are, are people wrong when they feel that guitars and drums in church go too far? Some disagreements can get quite intense over whether it is good for a preacher to close a sermon tuning up with great emotion or keep the sermon more sophisticated and conversational. It is nothing new. It is nothing new to fall out over different interpretations of scripture. I read one tweet from a gentleman who said he's seen churches split over whether there should be cushions on the pews, how baptism should be conducted, whether building a new structure or, or, or whether they should renovate their current structure. Just a couple days ago, I read a thread of tweets. Listen to me, y'all. I read a thread of tweets from an associate minister in a church who had his minister's license revoked because he posted a Biden-Harris sign in his front yard. More saints are identifying more readily by their politics than they're following the Prince of Peace. I read another thread of tweets where pastors have congregants leaving their churches over face masks. Face masks. One pastor tweeted how he received an email one day from a member who was upset because they weren't required to wear masks, the member is refusing to return to church until further notice. The very next day, 
that same pastor received another email from another pastor uh, where the member was ticked off because they felt the church was pushing masks too much. Churches are splitting today over face masks. These issues are so petty. And there are so many other issues over which we can differ too. It can prove difficult, if not impossible, to make belonging to the brethren good for everyone. The reason I bring all of this up is because David said harmony amongst the brethren was good, pleasant, precious, and refreshing. I'm wondering if everyone amongst the brethren felt the same way David did. I certainly want everyone who's a part of our church family to feel that way. Yet I know how difficult it is to achieve such a feat. I understand no congregation, including our own, can be all things to all people. I know full well you cannot make everybody happy. I am fully aware that wherever two or three are gathered together in his name will likely fall out over something if you give them enough time. My question this morning is, how do we make it good for everyone? How can we collectively make our fellowship beneficial, rewarding, fruitful, good, pleasant, precious, and refreshing for everyone who is a part of our church family? How can we make Union Grove good for our golden achievers and motivators and flavor and detour and truth and foundation and even the babies in the nursery? How can we make Union Grove good for the affluent and those on the come up? How can we work together to make the Grove Zone lit, death, fire, dope, harmonious for our brothers and sisters who are single, married, divorcing, and even entangled? You may think it is impossible to pull off. I beg to differ. We can be part of a church family that enjoys harmony as each of us add value that blesses all of us. But how do we make harmony with the brethren good for everyone? I truly believe. I wholeheartedly believe that prayer can help us to make that happen. I want our church family to learn, serve, give, and connect with harmony in the key of prayer. We may disagree on a number of things in the Lord's church, but I'm sure everyone will agree there's power in prayer. Power in prayer. So let's pray. Let's, let's pray, y'all. Let's pray in harmony with our hearts synced to the heart of God. One way for us to have harmony in the key of prayer is to simply honor and follow Jesus' guidance on prayer. I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 5. I want to take a quick uh, glance at, at what Jesus taught us in the model prayer. And I believe that this prayer, all of us praying according to this prayer, gives us a foundation, gives us a foundation, a, a corporate foundation, a, 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 a corporate sheet of music from which all of us can sing, all of us can learn, serve, give, and connect with this, with this model prayer being our foundation, our guide. If, if all of us in our respective places would pray according to this guideline, according to what Jesus gives us, I truly believe that it will empower all of us to enhance the, the unity, the harmony that we experience in our church family and, and have harmony in the key of prayer. Here are some of the notes that Jesus gives us uh, in, this, in this song. I'm going to jump in at verse 5. Verse 5, he teaches all of us, all of us, don't be a hypocrite when you pray. Don't, don't pray with 
a hypocrite type spirit and when thou prayest thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men verily I say unto you they have their reward but when thou but thou when thou prayest enter into thy closet and when thou hast shut the door pray to thy father which is in secret and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly Jesus is saying don't pray with mixed motives don't pray with ulterior motives don't don't pray in public when you really your, your your motive is not for God to hear and answer your prayer your prayers to be seen of men and, and to be applauded for how well and how how eloquent and how how disciplined or whatever how how much of an expert you are when it comes to prayer Jesus says don't don't pray with ulterior motives pray so that your father can hear you so that your father can honor your prayer and what he hears you praying, what he sees, when he sees you praying in private, he will honor you in public. How about all of us? All of us can sing that song. All of us can sing, sing in that key, can pray in that key, praying with pure motives. Praying, praying where we want God to truly hear us and answer our prayers. Amen. Then in verse 7, he tells us, you don't have to pray with vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. How about all of us get on the same page and understand that it is not necessarily the length of your prayer that makes it powerful. It's your being sincere. It's your being humble. It's your trusting God to move and do what you are asking him to do. And it can be as simple as, Lord, I need your help. Lord, I need you to strengthen me. Lord, I need you to be my guide. Lord, I need, I, I need you to provide for me. That prayer can be just as powerful, if not even more, than someone who prays for an hour. Then in verse 8, Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before you even ask them. I would even submit that before Rona hit, God already knew what you and I would need. Before you lost your job, God already knew what you would need. Before you got laid off, before you took that pay cut, before that contract ran out, God already knew what you would need. And since God already knows what you and I need, since God was in Rona before Rona got here, how about we pray to him in confidence, believing, God, you already know what I need. And even from a corporate standpoint, Union Grove, God knows what we need. He knew what we needed before we even got here. He, he knew what we would need today 135 years ago. He knew what we would need in this season of our 133rd anniversary 133 million years ago. I'm telling you, God knows what you need. Pray with confidence that God already knows what you need. But I want to dissect this prayer, dissect uh, different aspects of it, and we're going to call it a day. I'm going to do the best I can with this. I want you to pray with me and pray for me that God speaks to us uh, in, in, in these next few minutes. I just, I just really want all of us to get on the same page, to, to sing the same song of prayer and, and understand how prayer can bring us closer to God and even closer together. The first part of this prayer I want to look at is in verse 9. Verse 9, uh, in, our, in our key of prayer, we want to ensure that we include the note of adoration. Adoration. Let the church say adoration. Let the church type adoration. Adoration. Look at verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, not Hollywood, 
or hallowed or hallowed be thy name. In other words, your name is holy. How you have revealed yourself and made yourself known throughout the annals of history, you are holy. But I want you to pick up on how Jesus, uh, how Jesus addresses him. He doesn't say my father. He says our father. Our Father, in, in this lesson on prayer to the disciples of Jesus, Jesus says, I want you to pray like this. He is our Father. Our Father. Union Grove, God is our Father. If, and I've shared this a, a, a few weeks ago. If you are a, a Republican following Jesus or a Democrat following Jesus, he, God is our Father. If you're pro-life, pro-choice, or just anti-abortion following Jesus, God is our Father. And because he is our father, we can draw closer to him. We can be more intimate with him. And not only can we be more intimate with him, we can be more intimate with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because it is because of him that all of us are kinfolk in the kingdom. Our father, our father. And our reverence for God, our reverence for God is a good foundation for making harmony amongst us making harmony amongst us good in the sight of God. I, I want to tell you, I want to submit for your consideration that it could be that one reason, one reason saints fall out with one another is due to a deficiency in their reverence for God. I really believe that. I really do. I believe that a strong, intense reverence for God will cause us to honor that which honors God. Unity honors God fellowship honors God and even when we fall out even when we fall out God has shown reconciliation honors God our father which art in heaven hallowed reverence we reverence your name we honor your name we adore you we worship you not only for 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 what you've done for us but more so for how you have made yourself known in the earth we honor you as our keeper our sustainer our provider our savior our deliverer our healer our all in all our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. How about all of us sing that song where we, we reverence God, we adore God. So the first note, the first note as we harmonize in the key of prayer is that of adoration. The next note we want to sing, the next note we want to be a part of our harmony chord, Antoine, is submission, submission, submission. We have adoration and submission. Look at verse 10. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. The kingdom of God is the dominion of God in the earth. And Jesus was teaching us, pray that his kingdom comes in full manifestation in the earth. That it becomes visible, that it's unmistakable, that everyone, everyone everywhere surrenders in submission to the dominion of God. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if everybody... Every follower of Jesus, even every sinner, would bow down in submission to the dominion of our King of kings and Lord of lords, to the dominion of Jesus. Submission, thy, thy, thy will be done. We, we, we can sing in the same key. If all of us, with all of our preferences, all of our different preferences, all of our different appetites for types of music and styles of preaching and, and, on, and this and that, listen, if all of us were willing, are willing to surrender and submit to the will of God, ooh, wouldn't that be something? And I want to propose this, the will of God is good for everyone, 
everyone the will of our loving heavenly father our sovereign compassionate uh, merciful good heavenly father is good for everyone it's good for everyone it's good for everyone the kingdom is good for everyone everyone male female black white red yellow rich poor the kingdom of god submitting to the dominion of god is good for everyone how about we pray for that let's pray god thy kingdom come we want your kingdom to manifest even here on south davis drive we want your will to be done i know what i want you may know what you want but how about we pray God thy will be done and let me say this about the will of God and I'm going to move on the will of God understanding the will of God is not as easy as you may think it is Oh, there are certain people who've fallen out with each other who, are, who all were convinced that they were understanding and following the will of God. I want to pray for all of us to, to seek God, to understand the will of God. Did not Paul tell us to not be drunk with wine, but to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to understand the will of God, the, 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 the way of God, the preferences of God, the direction of God? Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Let's pray for the will of God to be done. Then the next note in our in our harmony chord as we harmonize and, and seek harmony in the in the key of prayer. The next one is supplication. Supplication. Look at verse number eleven. Verse eleven. Supplication. Give us this day our daily bread. Minister Freeman led us in prayer a few moments ago and taught us uh, a quick uh, uh, revival series. Uh, in, a, in a nutshell, on supplication. It's basically begging God for, begging God for something specific. It's, it's so quick, you just beg God for what's specific. Give us this day our daily bread. And I want to challenge everyone who's dealing with financial difficulty during this season. Your bread comes from God. Your needs come from God. Your provision comes from God. Food you need to eat comes from God. Clothes you need to wear comes from God. Your child is, 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 is uh, at school uh, uh, streaming and, and you need some Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi comes from God. Whatever you need. Whatever you need. And I hope God gives you better Wi-Fi at your house than what I have at mine. Lord have mercy. Deliver me from the Cox Cable Demon. That's another sermon for another day. But God gives us what we need. Jesus taught us be a, be a person who, who, who makes supplication unto God. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. God gives us what we need. This expresses our utter dependence on God to give us what we need. Amen. Supplication. Give us this day our daily bread. The next note, the next note in our in, in, in harmony in the key of prayer is confession. 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 And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Confession. I will admit. I will uh, confess. I will agree with God. I have fallen short. I will agree with God. I have fallen short. Oh, how many disagreements could we settle? How, how, many, how many arguments could just, could just die if, if everyone involved in the argument would just, would just confess, I have sinned. I messed up. I was wrong. 
First Lady and I, a little while ago, began watching uh, syndicated episodes of what's happening when we eat uh, lunch or dinner together. So yesterday, we were watching several episodes of what's happening. Uh, some of y'all may be too young, uh, Minister Marble, to, under to remember uh, what's happening with Raj and Rerun and, and Dwayne and D. And uh, don't y'all tell First Lady I said, she already knows this, but uh, I was going to marry D. I was going to marry D. D. Penny from Good Times, and I had a list, uh, but anyway. Uh, so we're watching, <laughs> watching what's happening yesterday, and Raj and Rerun have, this is, I think this is season three, and they have graduated high school, Rerun finally graduated high school, and they have an apartment together, so they fell out. They fell out over some stuff going on. Rerun was taking in stuff from the neighbors and all kind of stuff, and Raj was getting upset, and they fell out, and they argued, and Raj left the apartment, but they met up at the soda shop at Rob's place, right, and... Um, they both began apologizing and admitting that they were wrong. Shirley and Dwayne had convinced Raj he had messed up, and Raj was like, you know what, you're right. All right, I'll apologize when I see Rerun. Rerun comes into Rob's place, and he begins to apologize to Raj. Raj begins to disagree with Rerun and say, no, I was wrong. I apologize. I messed up. And they're going back and forth, arguing over who was wrong. Woo, how many times does that happen in the body of Christ? Somebody type, hardly ever, <laughs> where people are arguing, I messed up, no, I messed up, no, 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 you were right, I was wrong, no, you were right, I was wrong. Confession, Jesus teaches us, confession is, is good for the follower who's, who's his follower who's going who's gonna to pray uh, with God, who's going to pray unto God. Give us this day our daily bread, forgive us our debts, confession is good for everyone. Everyone. John put it this way in 1 John 1 and 9. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And I want to say this. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is good for everyone. Everyone. I Listen, you will not find anyone. You can find plenty of people who may be allergic to confession. But you won't find anyone who's allergic to God's forgiveness. Confession. And forgiveness is good for everyone. Then we have compassion. Compassion. The latter part of verse 12. As we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. As we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And oh, wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be an, an e even more evil and dark world if there was no compassion, no forgiveness? But how many of you have tasted firsthand the compassion and the forgiveness of God? And Jesus went on to teach us, if we don't forgive others of their sins, God will not forgive us of our sins. Compassion, compassion. And wouldn't our churches, our churches be richer if there was a greater level, greater measure of compassion? Compassion. Compassion can help all of us harmonize in the key of prayer. Then Jesus taught us, then Jesus taught us, as we prepare to close, he taught us escaping temptation. Escaping temptation. All of us can pray on the same page. All of us can harmonize in the spirit without even being in the same geographical location by praying with one accord according to this model that Jesus has given us and pray to escape temptation. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil one. And it, it, it may be actually deeper. What Jesus is teaching may be actually deeper than avoiding uh, temptation into sin. It may also include avoiding affliction, avoiding suffering, avoiding trials, avoiding, avoiding uh, uh, adversity, but mainly avoiding the evil one. Don't let me fall into the traps 
the evil one sets. Psalms 141 in verse 141 verse 4 says, Don't let me drift toward evil or take part in acts of wickedness. Don't let me share in the delicacies of those who do wrong. Then James taught us this. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death, avoiding temptation, escaping temptation. All of us can can be in harmony in the key of prayer if we pray to escape temptation, if we pray to be compassionate, if we pray confessing our sins, if we pray with supplication, if we pray with a heart of submission and a heart of adoration. And finally, y'all, finally, if we want to be in harmony in the key of prayer, in our prayer, we want to also pray on the note, on this note right here, benediction. Benediction. I'm closing with this. Benediction. Look at the latter part of verse 13. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen i want to submit to you again the kingdom is good for everyone jesus taught us for thine is the kingdom for god is the kingdom for his is the rule for for god for listen uh and 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 the power for thine is the kingdom and the power god's power is good for everyone God's power that brings about miracles God's power that releases signs and wonders God's power that can destroy kingdoms that are opposed to his own God's power that can bring down the mighty and elevate the weak God's power that can that can lower mountains and elevate by elevate elevate valleys God's power God's power that can cause his son to die on an old rugged cross be buried in a borrowed grave but raised from the dead early one Sunday morning God's power is good for everyone if we wanted to list stuff that's good for everyone it ain't a whole lot of stuff we could put on that list but I'm telling you God's kingdom would make that list God's power would make that list and then Jesus taught us in this benediction not only for thine is the kingdom and the power but to him be glory glory belongs to him glory speaks of weight glory speaks of substance glory speaks of acknowledgement that we acknowledge that it's God that God is God that God alone is God God is alone can save God alone can deliver God alone can heal God alone shall rule God alone shall exercise dominion God alone can turn things around God alone can manifest miracles signs wonders God to God be the glory I believe that all of us with our respective preferences for different types of music, different types of uh, uh, worship experiences and, and worship flow, I believe all of us can agree that the glory of God is good for everyone. And we ought give God glory for the excellent things he has done. We ought give God glory for the awesome things he's done. And I want to throw this in. I want to throw this in because Jesus threw it in. Jesus says, forever forever for thine is the kingdom thine is the glory power thine is the glory forever in other words in other don't give him glory for what he's already done give him glory for what he's going to do because God is going to be God forever I don't know how much longer Rona is going to last but God is going to be God forever I don't know how much longer America is going to last but the kingdom of God will last forever I don't know how much longer your trial may last I don't know my, how much longer your suffering may last but God's power God's glory God's God's kingdom shall last forever forever how about we praise him for forever 
<laughs> Just praise him for forever. His goodness shall last forever. His mercy endureth forever. God is forever. His kingdom is forever. Hallelujah. Can we give God a forever praise? Can we give God forever worship? Because he shall last. He shall reign. He shall rule. His kingdom shall last forever. It ain't a whole lot of stuff you can list that will last forever. The grass shall wither. Flowers shall fade. But the kingdom of God, the word of God will last forever. Forever. Before, listen, listen. There will be a new heaven and a new earth. But the word of God, the kingdom of God will last forever forever so here's what i want to encourage you to do here's what i want to encourage you to do that that very last word of this prayer in verse 13 that very last word how about we all agree and settle this with an amen that we shall abide in harmony in the key of prayer amen it's settled Amen. God will manifest his kingdom. God will use us to advance his kingdom. God will bring us closer together as brothers and sisters in this season. Amen. God will answer our prayers because the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. If you believe it, I just want you to type amen. But not only that, if you're with me, if you agree with me, and if you, if you want to say, Pastor Clark, count me in. Count me. I'm in agreement with you. I will pray along with all the other saints so that we can demonstrate harmony in the key of prayer. I agree that we need to pray. I, I agree that God answers prayer. I agree that God can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. Pastor Clark, count me in. Type an amen in that amen, in that, in that comment section. Let's, let's transform the comment section into an amen corner. Just type amen. I believe that harmony is good for everyone. I believe that harmony is difficult to achieve because we, we can get worked up over the slightest little stuff. But I do believe in the power of prayer. And if we pray with one accord in our respective locations, in our respective residence, God will answer prayer. I just need enough of y'all to agree with me with that. God will answer prayer. I need somebody who believes that to type amen. Amen. God will answer prayer. I need our young folks to believe it. I need our young adults to believe it. I need our middle-aged folks, our motivators to believe it. I need our golden achievers to believe it. Amen. God will answer prayer prayer and I know there are an, uh, uh, there's an abundant, uh, abundance of testimonies of people who can testify firsthand how God has answered prayer for you God will answer prayer that measure of faith is good for everyone it's good for everyone to pray it's good for everyone to believe in the power of prayer let's pray let's demonstrate harmony and unity in our in our corporate belief in the necessity of prayer and the power of prayer, God will answer prayer. Amen. Amen. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark 
and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.